Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Manus Labashain readies himself. Philip Bowles to him. He turns from his pads. He is the boy who wants more and more and more. 150 to add to a double century and a century in Perth. <laughs> he knows no bounds right now, Manus Labashane. Jared Waitley on SEN Cricket. Sats, of course, the man is in form and he gets to play at his home ground Saturday, the first test. The real summer of cricket begins. The Westies, I don't even know what that was, but the real summer of cricket. It was a warm-up. I, was, I think it was. It was a warm-up. Absolutely, but... They've got a good bowling attack, the South Africans, and I'm looking forward to Saturday at the Gabba. Adam Collins from the SEN Cricket uh, Coverage is joining us right now on Sports Day. G'day, Adam. And good afternoon, fellas. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable interpretation that it, that it serves as a bit of an hors d'oeuvre, the uh, Windy Series, and this will be a more competitive series because the, uh, well, let's call it for what it is, South African attack can take 20 wickets, and the Windies were never taking 20 wickets uh, no. in the test matches they played at Perth and Adelaide. Um, I've got a crap stat here for everybody. Crap stat. Haven't played that in a while, have we? Yeah. <laughs> Australia haven't beaten South Africa on Australian soil since 2005. And I think yep. the last time South Africa were here was 2017, Colo, and they, they towed us up then as well. It was the catalyst for a crisis of sorts in Australian cricket. They were 2-0 up. They bowled Australia out for 85 that's back in November 2016. There isn't much continuity from that squad to this one, although they do have Rabada, who was instrumental that day down in Hobart and also at Perth when they won the first Test match there. So you're right. It has been, it's tended to be the type of rivalry where Australia have won in South Africa, although famously not in 2018. A little thing you might have heard of called Sandpaper. <laughs> uh, and, uh, of course, the last time... Um, yeah, the last time that Australia beat them, as you say, at home was in 2005-06. So it's been an odd, an odd kind of rivalry on that basis. But, yeah, it's worth sort of putting this in context, I think. The, the South African bowling group is outstanding. It's just about as good as any going around in the world alongside the Australians. Their batting is, is modest, unfortunately. So um, I don't think it's going to be a ding-dong battle unless the South African bowlers can get right on top early in the series. So if we wanted to see it more, if you want to see a more competitive series throughout the course of the next three test matches, I think a lot of it hinges on how well Rabada and Gidi Janssen bowl at Brisbane. So, sandpaper gap. Let's go back to that, Adam, in 2018. And Uzi Kawaja, I read with interest today, saying that he believes that the Australian side has grown up since sandpaper gap. What, what do you think he's alluding to there? Yeah, look, I think that's a, a, a fairly sort of interesting observation from, from Usman Kawaja. I was over there in 2018 uh, calling the, the fateful day at Newlands when the sandpaper was taken out of Cameron Bancroft's pocket. And, look, you've got to remember that that was being... It was building towards something bad over there. Um, not as far as cheating is concerned, and you know, there's no real point going over that incident in great detail, but the Australian side had lost its way through the course of that series. It was a spiteful series on from all parts. It was the end of a long summer. They were in bad nick generally, and I think culturally the side, as was said in the review that followed Sandpaper, had reached a point where it was win at all costs, and 
um, it does feel like a very different group of Australian players, even if some of the personnel is the same. I think their attitude more generally is a healthier one. Uh, we hear a lot now from Pat Cummins saying they don't waste their energy on getting too involved in in the verbal combat. They're more focused on bat and ball, and I think that's a much better place to be. And yeah, it was when Collage is well-placed to make an assessment like that, given he's been in the dressing room for over a decade. You talk about spiteful matchups, and there was one in that uh, in that 2018 series, of course. Just reminding the listeners, if if they can remember it, Rabada, of course, he was banned for that aggressive send-off of Steve Smith. He got in his face, he was screaming, yep. he had the shoulder bump. Is that one of the matchups that you're looking forward to, to revisiting four years later? Yes, he ended up not getting banned for it because they overturned it yes, on Yes, they did you're too. Right. It was, um, I've, I've never seen Steve Smith so angry in my life as when he was answering questions about uh, Rabada when that was overturned. He was furious about it. I actually think that contributed to um, what, what went down that week. He was in um, a really bad place, but a long time ago now, though, he's a very different man, Steve Smith, these days. He's been through a lot. Um, so I, can't, I, don't, look, I just don't expect it'll be that kind of series. I'm sure South Africa will come hard and, and all the rest of it. You'd expect them to. That's their comparative advantage, but especially with their fast bowlers. But it does feel like both sides have chilled out a bit. So, yes, it's going to be very exciting seeing Rabada. Um, who's been one of the, the greats of the modern era, certainly for South Africa, who's been an outstanding bowler up against Steve Smith back in form. But I don't think it will have that extra edge, which should go over the top in 2018. Oh, I read somewhere the other day, it's been a while since Warner, Dave Warner, has actually hit a ton in test cricket. With so much cricket going on at the moment, I think he got one in the one days recently and whatnot. Is he under yep. any sort of pressure, Colo, do you think? He is, yeah. I mean, it, it depends how you interpret pressure. I mean... He, he will, um, if he wants, I'm sure he'll be able to go to um, play in, in India and England next year in, in the test matches over there. The question will be, does he want to? And I don't mean is there not a desire for him to do so. It might be that he rationally assesses that um, that he um, that he is, with his diminishing returns, reaching the point of his career where it might suit his interest to bow out after the Sydney test match this year. In Melbourne, it's his 100th test, so he'll reach that really important milestone which I'm sure will mean a tremendous amount to him and his family. And all the external noise at the moment that we heard a lot about last week with him mm. having his ongoing stoush with the independent process with CA around his leadership band, that, that must have taken a toll as well. But you look through his numbers post-COVID, so to speak. His last test century was in January 2020 against New Zealand. They, 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 he has not dominated the series since then. Indeed, he's not even had a great series since then. He's, the, the returns have been middling. So, And he's very aware of that. I think from Warner's perspective, though, he, like a lot of the Australian players, saw the last two weeks of fairly pedestrian test cricket. We know one thing about David Warner. Over his long career as an Australian player, he steps up the more fierce the contest. So he's got a long history with South Africa. As we know, he received that one-year ban um, the last time he played a test match against them. So um, yeah, there'll be a lot there. He won't be lacking for motivation over the next three weeks. One thing the South Africans have always had over the years is a really good all-rounder. And we've got a tremendous all-rounder, possibly one of the, the great all-rounders by the end of his career in Cameron Green. What can we expect, not only from the bowling attack, which is first class, have always got uh, tremendous batters in that top order as well. What's their, what's their all-rounder look like in this series? He's going to be really important. We've seen his bowling. He's world-class already, isn't he? As a quick, a genuine quick. By the way, he's not a medium pacer who holds up an end. When Cameron Green's bending his back, he's up in the mid-140. So mm. if, if he weren't... I mean, I think the way of interpreting Green, if Green couldn't bat, let's say he was a number 11, he would still be considered for a spot in the Australian team on the back of his bowling. So he's that good. 
So, and we saw that in the first test at Perth. He wasn't very good last week in Adelaide, limited opportunities. But the previous week when the series was live at Perth, he was outstanding. The one thing, though, about Green at the moment is that he's played sod all Red Bull cricket. He played in the last two weeks to prepare for, in a way, it feels like to prepare for this series against the Windies, which never should be at test level. But his previous Red Bull game before that was in Sri Lanka back in July, mid-year in a test match in very, very different conditions. He was part of that. T20 World Cup squad, part of the one-day squad as well. So the major difference there is that you go back a generation and these players would have had, you know, two, three, four Shield games, maybe a tour game as well. Now they just are expected to turn it on at test level on limited prep. And I think Mm. that's something that more generally needs to be understood better because you can't expect guys off no prep, especially batters, to perform at their best if they're not playing the form of the game they're expected to. And the equivalent for South Africa in that all-rounder position, is that Janssen? Yeah, and he's class. So he's had a great start to his international career, Marco Janssen. Watched him at Lords this year make a you know, low-scoring game. I think he made a 50-odd um, batting down the order at number seven. Uh, and look, he bowls like the wind. He's six foot eight, left armour. Very similar to Green that if Janssen didn't bat, he'd still be in a South African test team. So there is a similarity between those two. So you're right. I think if you're thinking about matchups. There's Rabada Smith, sure, but I can't wait to see the two all-rounders go against it, not just against each other, but against the opposing lineups. Mm. Because having uh, Janssen as a fourth seamer is a total luxury. Can't wait. First test starts Saturday at the Gabba. Live coverage Saturday morning. Download the SCN app for ball-by-ball coverage. Uh, one of the men who will be calling all the action, Adam Collins for SCN. Thanks for your time on Sports Day. Can't wait, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast and don't forget you can listen to Sports Day every day from Monday to Thursday, 6pm or 5pm Queensland time.